I actually like left Twitter because it was too good. I thought it was just like <laughs> I thought it was my problem. It was just too sure. good, and I felt too good. You wanted to go out on top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, speaking of things that hopefully are good, let's start the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to that. I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Come over and talk about it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to I've Been Mean to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums we've been mean to listen to, albums and movies and or Disney movies uh, that we've been mean to listen to and or watch and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee. I'm Harper Thompson. And I'm Stanley Philippe. Oh, boy. This is the this is the start of our AAPI month. Um, that's pretty great. But yeah, before we do that, let's, uh, quickly introduce our guest. Uh, you might know him as Sriracha Chow on Twitter.com. Uh, it's Michael Chow, everybody. Hi, hey, it's, it's me. Hey. I'm Michael Chow. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Yeah. Like, like I joked a little earlier, like your Twitter AVI is like Bugs Bunny. And <laughs> it's like in a cowboy, like leaning, like perfectly encapsulates the wry, you know, sardonic tone of your. And it looks exactly hilarious- like me, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah like- <laughs> Yeah, but I, I real that was like when I was like uh on Twitter, that was like a really like seeing you you every so often like was really one of the good parts of it. So oh, thank you for that. That's really sweet. So yeah, like this is our API month. Like this is we're just gonna like do like five or six episodes with like uh Asian talking about Asian artists, talking about Asian with with Asian guests like yourself and yeah, I guess like tell us a little bit about like briefly like what how what is your relationship to your racial identity? Do you think about it? How how what's your what's your feeling about it? Um, well, I'm Vietnamese American. Um, I did grow up in Orange County, so there were like I, I grew up around like a lot of uh, Asian people, but it's really not something I think about too often for better or worse. I guess. Um, and I guess growing up, I probably watched a lot more Western media, but I've been trying more and more to get involved with like a lot of more asian culture and like asian film especially yeah that, that it's very yeah i think we had the same experience because like um i i watched a lot of like whitewash like like either either like a lot of western media or like speaking of mulan i had like uh like a whole like book case of like the the disney renaissance like vhs's like with the like the clamshells and stuff mm-hmm. and mulan was like probably like the first asian thing (laughs) like probably it was like probably and either that or like there was like a lot of like whitewashed asian-esque media whereas like shaolin showdown or adventures of jackie chan or like did you ever used to watch like old like jackie chan movies because those were always cool I have not seen like I've not seen the Jackie Chan I've seen oh, wait, really? animated oh, as like a cartoon oh, character. Sure. I mean yeah. that show rules too though to be honest. Basically like a common like it took me like 28 years but like to like really articulate this but like a common feeling 
of being like Asian American is just like either be feeling erased or erasing yourself. Mm. Like is the idea of like, I had to like search really hard, hard to like find or to like relate to other characters that were not my population and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So like this month is just like an opportunity to explore all that. What about like Harper? You you actually revealed this briefly uh, before our recording, but reveal, like reveal not that it's something that I don't uh, you know <laughs> that I've unlocked about myself. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I'm yeah I I'm I'm part Japanese. I'm an eighth Japanese, um, and so because I am an eighth, and I also appear to be the whitest person who's ever lived, um, <laughs> you know, I don't I I understand that my experience is not the same like lived experience as you know someone who is more Asian than I am. Um, you know, but it is like a part of my family history, like my recent family history. My grandpa, you know, was who was was half Japanese. He um came to America. He was born in Japan. They came to America when he was a baby. Um and so yeah, it's a part of my family experience like that we have my great grandmother's name is um on a wall at the Japanese American National Museum in downtown LA. So I um, have always been aware of that. And like my parents tried to make sure that I had a good amount of like Asian media diet as a kid. That's good. So like I had, um, I get so like worked up when I talk about this because I don't really talk about it a lot. But um, uh, yeah, like my, what is that book, that children's book, like My Grandfather's Journey? It's like about an, I don't know if you guys had this one, but it's about like an Asian grandpa and I had an Asian grandpa. So my parents were like, oh, here, you should have this book. Um, <laughs> checks out, checks out. <laughs> yeah, it's about him telling the story about how he came to America to his granddaughter. It's a very cute book. Aww. And um, yeah, so that was definitely part of it. There was a book too called um, how my parents learned to eat, which is about a white dad and an Asian mom, like sharing each sh- sharing food with each Aww, other. That's cute. Yeah. And so then they have like a, you know, a cute mixed daughter at the end who's like telling the story of how her parents learned to eat. Um, and yeah. So anyway, needless to say, Mulan was huge for me um, because I was a when it came out, I was four and I I was aware of my Asian identity then. And um you know, and Mulan's like a cool girl. Uh, what about you, Stanley? How do you feel about us? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, I love, I love all of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I think it's always great when you get a chance to, to celebrate culture. You know, I think like whenever I, whenever I, I get a chance to have conversations about identity and, and how you break things down into different groups, I, I think, you know, cultural exchange is what brings us together. You know, like, a racist person can go to a different country and really enjoy the music, the media, the food, the rituals. It's it, they become you know really pronounced in their racism when they try to exclude people from their own music, you know, media, uh, financial opportunities, and so on. Um, or they try to manipulate somebody else's. And so I think that you know it's it's great when we get a chance to celebrate culture and and learn. You know, that's that's the whole point of us being alive as as humans, you know, I have a, I have a dog and, and our dog learns how to play like fetch, you know, and learns when it's a good time to eat. But the dog doesn't really learn about culture in a way that we get a chance to do. So, so I, I hope that, you know, our listeners and, and anyone that's interested will continue to, uh, to learn about culture and myself included. So, uh, and I have to confess, you know, this is so embarrassing. I, I hadn't seen Milan until literally this morning Oh wow! Yeah, I know, okay. but, the, but wow. the reason was because look, here's the thing, okay, y'all. I I'm not a huge 
Because the racism. Like, <laughs> and you hate yeah, women. Here, here, comes, wow. here comes my reveal. I'm a racist. <laughs> um, oh, wow. No, so so I, I never really liked car- cartoon or animated uh, movies like that. And I was in, when I was in university, I took communications, which she established earlier uh, in the season. Um, and I wrote a paper about how The Lion King was actually very racial or racist and had massive racial undertones. And so... Ever since I watched Lion King, I was like, I don't really want to watch Disney anything. And so that that lasted until 2008 when like Iron Man came out. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm all about Marvel, <laughs> Disney, all that good stuff. But um, so, yeah, so so this is why I hadn't seen Mulan. And now that I've seen it, I, I think it's phenomenal. Like I, I want to watch it right now um, type of thing. So, yes. So I, I just feel like I need to confess that so, that you're, so everyone can know that I'm not pretending like I'm this expert in Mulan world. I am, Mulan a, world. An, amateur, <laughs> am I, I am an amateur, a novice. It's my favorite part of Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great part. It's an amazing part. So anyways, we've been on too long, but that's, that's my experience. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Like I'm g- genuinely like jealous of like, cause I haven't seen this in a while either. Like, but yeah, it's been it, it, like, what, but, like, I guess like Michael, like what is, your relationship to Mulan. Do you remember watching it as a kid or? Um, it's been a very long time since I've seen it, but like I, I saw it in theaters back in like 98 and it, it was huge for me. I, lo- I, I loved it a lot. I had like a Mushu plushie. Uh, I was a huge fan. Since then, what is your relationship to it? Um, I mean, to be honest, like I, it's been like a, a long, I haven't seen it since like I was probably a kid, but like I've always enjoyed it. And I've, I've heard the songs from it for like a thousand times. Like it's a good like it's a good karaoke. A lot of good karaoke songs are in this movie. Yeah, like that was my take on "I'll Make a Man Out of You." That's like my go-to karaoke song. Sure. It's like so it's fun to do all the voices, yeah. like the Donny Osmond inflections. <laughs> Somehow I'll make a man. Like it's like so cool. It's like so. So it's, does it's, does B. Wong like is he not able to sing? Is that why he he's he sings in like musicals? And oh, okay. Stuff. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. I wonder why he, he was, was um Linus and you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Oh. I think, and he yeah, and he I mean he's a Tony winner, so. For me, like the other thing is this, like I said, this is like one of the first like Asian pieces of media I consumed. I didn't really consume Miyazaki until later in adulthood. Same here, actually. Too spooky. And basically in high school, like the other the other piece of Mulan like history for me was I love. So I loved Mulan. Like it was what I watched it like I probably watched it on a loop many, many times to the point where like I haven't seen it since like childhood, but like. Um, when I watched it a few days ago, I, I remembered all the lines. I remember the inflections of <laughs> the lines. I remember like even though like it, it like activated it. it. It was like the the critic scene in like Ratatouille <laughs> where it's like something was like activated. But yeah, the other piece of like Mulan uh, history for me was like in high school, I was like in a theater production of Mulan in high school and I was like just an ensemble member. I was like, I was not as like talented. I wasn't like as like ready to like, you know, be a lead at that time. But like it was one of two productions that had yellow face. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like a lot of like white people like Ugh. being the roles and stuff like that. And like they would like kind of like the they would be wear like black wigs and they'd have like kimono adjacent (laughs) costuming and like the eye makeup would be kind of (laughs) slanty like oh no wait they did the eyes too 
Yeah, in Obama's ah, America. Like, <laughs> sure. in Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we were, we were post-racial. We all know this about the Obama years. <laughs> yeah, the Racism best person got the job. Yeah, yeah like... You know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah that's it was crazy like, though they did the eyes but at the time i was like hey this is great <laughs> you know, I, love Mulan, you sure. know? I think it like it's more of a thing where in retrospect it's a little more hurtful because it's more of like how did this happen <laughs> like how how did it get through this many people and like how did everyone in the audience go yeah you were know, there like, like just not a lot of asian kids at the school or did they like not want to be in the play I, that was like part of it that, okay. that certainly was like um there were not a lot of asian kids and stuff mm. like that um i think there was like probably like four or five asian kids in that production oh, okay. and then like maybe two were actually chinese i'm korean and like it's like kind of like a it was i give them a pass because it's it did like end up having like an effect on just like my self-esteem and my like relationship to my racial identity and stuff like that to the point where like when I like made like an animated web series in college, I like cast an Asian, a white person as an Asian character. And then for this show, I've had like maybe four or five Asian guests, like, because it's like, so I, it's a systemic problem, but it's also like an individual problem. Like I did this too. So, um, yeah, I think the art itself is amazing, but like the, the how it was used kind of really did a number on me. So, yeah, that's that's my experience with Mulan. I guess like Harper, you remember you um talked before the show about uh do like writing a paper of some sort. Oh yeah, well even before that though, like when I was a kid, Mulan was like really big for me. You know, I was I was definitely a Disney kid. My parents took me to Disneyland a lot. I live in LA, so you know that was a part of my childhood. Um, and I also had all the clamshell, you know, VHSs, and um, I did go to see Mulan um, in Glendale at the Alex Theater. There was a live pre-show. It was like a special thing uh, by Disney. Um, yeah, I had my parents track down photos of like the brochure and of me in front of the sign. Um, yeah, so there's that. And I definitely had like a Shang Barbie. I think it was Mattel, like it was a Barbie, but it was Shang. And um, I also had a Mulan umbrella, um, which I still have here actually in my closet. <laughs> um, and um, my fifth birthday was Mulan and magic themed. <laughs> Can't explain it. <laughs> I liked so cool. both. Yeah, we had a magician and I my had two, my two favorite genre like, yeah. <laughs> like franchises. Yeah, magic. Um, yeah, so there was a magician there and it was like an ice cream cake with like a Mulan, like the bridge on it from her oh. house. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so a big fan of Mulan. And then, yeah, when I was in college, I, uh, as we've discussed, I have a degree in film um, and I was thinking about what to do for my thesis and one of my ideas I had was to do kind of a look at B.D. Wong and Ming-Na Wen and their um, kind of as a lens to look at Asian American representation in the late 80s, early 90s, I mean, late 90s, early 2000s, um, just because, I mean, they were just in so many major things in that time, one of which being Mulan. Um, they also together were both in an episode of All American Girl, the Margaret Cho show that was briefly on in the 90s. Um, and they were both on an episode of SVU together. Um, and then separately, they both did such major work during that time, right? So like Ming-Na was on ER, um, and then later she was on Agents of Shields, uh, Shield, and now she's in Bo Boba Fett. So she's done all of 
Disney, basically. Um, and then for BD Wong, he was on Oz, which was a long running show. Um, SVU, which was really huge for me. ER and SVU were like two of the biggest shows in my childhood. Like I was just watching horrible, gruesome things <laughs> happen when I was like seven. Um, it's like good sick, sick day material. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Just watching other people go through really bad stuff and procedural <laughs> yeah. television. Um, but yeah, and then he's also in the Jurassic Park movies. Um, I thought his performance as the Velociraptor was really good. Like, that's like a really good representation there as like a dinosaur. So, but yeah, no, I just like, uh, and in a time where like Asian American representation was kind of like changing, you know, so like All American Girl was like a huge deal. It was like a American, you know, an Asian American sitcom, and which we didn't see again until Fresh Off the Boat, like 15 years later 15 20 years later you know and um anyway so i just have a lot of thoughts and feelings about bd wong and ming na wen and i love them both a lot oh and i met ming na one time oh wow and uh like just cried (laughs) yeah Yeah. um no but she was so nice and i i just told her how important she was to me and it was very nice yeah Like, I know you didn't, like, end up finishing, you didn't, like, go through with this particular paper, but, like, do do you, like, remember some of the points you wanted to make? Um, no, I didn't get that far into it because I did have to start writing about movie musicals instead so that I would have a project that I could actually finish. But, um, definitely interested in like the concept of the two of them on a procedural. I think that's part of it. So like ER is like a procedural medical show and SVU is a procedural cop show, um, cop legal drama, like, you know, the, the week to weakness of it. And also maybe something about like both of them being doctors. He was a psychiatrist and she was a doctor in an ER or something. Something's in there, I think. Yeah. Let's, let's just talk about general feelings about like how we generally feel about it. Like Michael, what did you, what, what did it feel like watching it this time? Uh, I think it like really holds up like for a movie that's written by like, I think like it's a, it's like what it's like two white guys, like one Asian woman. I think like it holds up considerably well. Like from a like a Western lens, it's about as good as you can do from for the nineties. I think it's just got like a really good story. All the songs are great. I'm a big Eddie Murphy fan. And like, I think like that that conclusion is like really great. The conclu the conclusion. Like the entire of- like last act, like everything uh from like when they discover her onward is like kind of incredible actually. Like it goes from like being like a normal Disney movie to like I think something else entirely. Yeah, like expound on that a, a little bit. Like, what do you? How do you feel about that? I think it gets like much more serious. Like, they, there's even the part where like they're singing um, a girl with fighting for it, and like it cuts off the song, and then it gets like dead serious for like a while. And I think I don't know. This is I think it's like a very profound moment. Like you don't really see that in a lot of Disney movies. Yeah, it's like genocide and like yeah. death, and like, it's, it's it's intense. I I think like that's like a perk of the move like that's the most successful version of that mm. part like the tonal like the tonal shift with being super super silly to like dead serious yeah. but i think that's like also like a real bug of the movie like speaking of the cricket guy but also like <laughs> but also like the fact that like the tonal shifts are so because it's kind of like a project of the disney renaissance where like musker and clements were like the real like architects of that era and like they're the ones who perfected the mix of silly and serious and like with aladdin and whatever all those like like and like every movie that's not theirs struggles with 
that tonal discordancy and stuff like that. Like we we have a funny animal too. <laughs> like yeah, like my comedian. I do like Eddie Murphy, and I love I like Mushu, but it is like a little different from like the rest of the movie, and it does feel yeah. like it's a little little like shoehorned in. Even though like I do enjoy like that performance quite a bit. Mushu horned in. Mushu, you know, I feel like they always need to have that like funny animal character. Like I feel like they must have some checklist at Disney of mm-hmm. like things we require so that this is accessible for like you know children and also adults and also that hits all of their check marks. And I think one of those is like a funny animal sidekick. Like you know, in Moana, there was that that goofy chicken. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And it's like kind of Shakespeare, I feel like has the same kind of thing, right? Where it's like, could be totally serious. And there's like a fall stuff, yeah. you know, so it's part of the formula. Yeah, I think so too. I, I do agree with Michael though, with, with the, the kind of the last act where, um, uh, like Mulan, you know, saves their, her group from the army and at that point, the great reveal of her actually being Mulan and not a not um not uh, Ping. And normally, you would think, uh, well, the captain would still be like super appreciative of the action and actually just be like, no, I love you, uh, Ping slash Mulan, and let's go and have her happy ever after. But but the captain rejects uh, now Mulan, you know, and that and that moment was really uh, was interesting watching it for the first time, like being like, oh, they're not just going to say they're now together. She, you know, saved everyone. They're in love and the whole community is now happy. There was like a, a reset of the of the plot and her having to once again, like find her place and make a decision. Am I going to do what I'm supposed to do traditionally or break the mold? And and then she breaks the mold. And saves everyone again, you know. So I thought that was kind of neat that they kind of played that and, and flipped it within this movie, and and it made the story a bit more fulfilling as a as a viewer. Yeah, let's let's go through like themes of this record, like, this like uh, movie. Then um, the one I came up with was patriarchy, at least as an industrial complex created by the state hurts marginalizes and kills people <laughs> like that's the that's one of the big themes of this uh because in like the honor to us all song like there's the line like we must all serve our emperor who guards us from the huns a man bearing arms a girl by bearing sons so like in ancient china there's like utility for a patriarchy because mm-hmm. there's always opposition there's always someone threatening your way of life. The Huns aren't actually real people. Like, they're gray. <laughs> like, yeah. They're gray with yellow Isn't it, like, racist pupils? the way they're portrayed? It is, like, racist, right? Oh, it, it is kind of racist. They have, like, yellow eyes and they're gray. <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, almost zombies. Yeah. They're, like, they, I feel like they're, I feel like they wouldn't be as much of a problem if, like, they had, like, access to, like, skincare and, like, eye drops and stuff. <laughs> like, 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 oh, this Korean face mask is, like, really cool. Um, but basically, like, because there's always, like, they're portrayed as this force of nature. So there's always going to be some sort of opposition. Um, so China needs as much manpower to uphold this way of life. Boys need to become men to fight in a war. Mm-hmm. Girls need to be presentable wives to motivate the men to survive the war mm-hmm. so it could breed more boys to become men to fight in a war. Mm-hmm. And if they don't comply, the punishment is ostracization or death. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's what it is. And, you know, in a broader sense, like men die, women die, like non-binary people die. It's like, it's bleak. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why... 
the movie actually needs Mushu and the yeah. cricket to sure. go like, ah! yeah, <laughs> like, so it doesn't like, I, that's like the thing that's missing from the remake apparently is like, there's no, mm, it's just all dark. Yeah. There's no, like, there's no Lee Shang either. Like, oh, really? Oh, interesting. Apparently, like, they deleted him from the uh, movie because they were concerned about, like, Me Too stuff. Like, Wait, they, which what? is like a mis. They were like, because it was because like an he's officer. His superior? Fault. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, is a misunderstanding of that. And also. He's, like, not hitting on her throughout the movie or anything. No, I- beyond that, beyond just, like, the literal threat of, like, your life and stuff, like, the these ideals sever human connection and authenticity. Like, they. Like Mulan's, when Mulan's unable to perform a a rigid and inauthentic version of femininity, like she feels too shamed, ashamed to like confide in her father. And her father does try to comfort her, but kind of goes back when like the state is like, you're like, the woman should stay in her place and stuff. And like ultimately, though, the goal is like freedom, equity, human connection, and love. And, uh, yeah, that's the thing that's like hopefully like like that's the thing that Mulan saves instead of the patriarchy. So mm-hmm. I that yeah, that's that's my thematic thing. Can, can I just piggyback on that? Because I, I think like uh, another kind of um, offset of that is traditionalism versus you know identity, individual identity, right? Because I mean, and any anyone that that tries to adhere to their family or their cultural customs at some point is confronted with this, you know, decision of having to either uh, continue to develop through that lens or uh, allow space for some type of individual decision, cultural building. Um, and I think every kind of quote unquote marginalized group deals with that. And and this movie certainly explores it because, because like you described, right, the patriarchy is really present and in some ways, it's also the tradition of, and there's honor in that tradition. And so it's like, you know, Mulan is not wanting to necessarily um, uh, go against that honor. It's more so like she just wants to do what she wants to do. And then she realizes, wait, through this tradition, you know, my grandfather is is at risk here. Or my father, my father is at risk here. And so what can I do to save my father? And even though that goes against the traditions, the customs that will then infuriate my whole family, it's still the thing I need to do to save my father. You know, so so I so I I I think that's something that people can really relate to in any era because because we're we're not a monolith, because we're all individuals, we try to do things that suit our immediate desires, needs. Um, identities, but there's always that kind of connection and that pullback to to traditions that have been laid out, and that are so vital to understanding who we are in any type of lens. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think like going off of that, like there is kind of like a radical idea in the movie that like gender in general is like a whole performance. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like from like Mulan having to be like the perfect bride to like. Even the idea of like masculinity is like they're all like playing a part. It's like they're all like have to perform the idea of like this is what a man needs to be. A man needs to be tough. He needs to be like he needs to be all these things. And Mulan is like able to assimilate in that way, which is like really interesting. And they like turn on her the moment they realize that like, oh, she's like not actually like a man, even though she's able to do exactly what they're able to do. And then that is then like very interestingly like flipped at the very end where like they all like kind of they all end up cross-dressing at the very end to like dupe the like hun or the huns and it's like a moment of victory for them that they're able to do that it's like really interesting i think 
Yeah, I thought that was interesting because it's it's so briefly like necessary for them. Like it doesn't actually seem like they needed to dress in no. drag. Like I, you know, it was it, it was fun because then you know you get to you know do the whole reversal on you know what Mulan had gone through. But like, uh, you know, it's um like they only they walk out for a second and then they're like, oh, it's concubines who have you know gotten <laughs> lost in the palace, you know, and it's it's very little payoff. I feel like you're a little you know it's very it's very barely necessary. It's but it's also like the idea of just like because it's not that like Mu when I watched it as a kid, uh, I thought she through her own like sheer will she like climbed up that pole mm. and got the arrow. I thought like she was like, oh, I'm not gonna give up, so I'm gonna actually use my strength. But it's more so that she used the the weights to like propel herself up, and it was like just being clever, being mm-hmm. like um creative that like um instead of using brute force or instead of like trying to mold herself into something that she wasn't yeah and it was that that's what saves that's what the cross-dressing moment like that's what it it, i think is like trying to communicate so Mm. she's kind of like she's like neo in that she's like (laughs) she's like the most like three-dimensional character where everyone in this movies like playing a role or like mm-hmm. performing a role yeah one thing i really love about this movie as someone who is bi is that shang is also bi uh, yeah. it's very important <laughs> to me and i feel like it needs to be said like you could see him falling in love with ping throughout the movie mm-hmm. you know and then he he realizes it's mulan you know and then he's still in love with her and it doesn't really you know her gender is kind of not the point of their relationship uh you know and i love that about them yeah. Like the thing that like Shang doesn't see Ping or Mulan as a full person until she saves them. She saves China basically twice as Ping and as Mulan. Like the, the, so that's like the way, which again, it's like the idea of just like gender and sex as this like constrictive, <laughs> like limiting thing or like, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's great. Okay. So, uh, any other themes, any other things we haven't talked about yet? And I mean, like the reflection songs, like a big, like indication of that where like, she doesn't see, she's not like quite sure of like how she's supposed to see herself, which I think is like really interesting. Yeah. Like here, hearing that song made me think of, um, Zoolander, you know, like, <laughs> you know, he's like, who am I? Like, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it, it's like a way more beautiful, rich, like textured version of that, that sure. scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen Zoolander too many times. So that's why I like I kind of think about that. But it, but it's the mm-hmm. it is the question that that again like I think this this movie really put me in a space of like man thinking about what we are trying to accomplish as we morph into a more digital kind of automated society. Like what what actually makes us human is that pursuit of the question. You know that question of who am I of identity and and that song really kind of speaks to that struggle. You know, and mm-hmm. how you could feel so sure by yourself, and it just takes one single moment, someone's disapproval, you being in a wrong wrong spot, a job not working out. You know, like any any moment can flip you into that question mode, and I think Mulan really allowed the movie allows you to explore that question and and uh, explore it in a more active not non-theoretical way right because you're you're seeing and through her actions that's that struggle also that triumph 
of of answering the question and then also asking asking it again and re-answering it and re-asking. It's just like that yo-yo that's happening throughout the movie. Um, but it comes back to that song, uh, which is a beautiful, really beautiful song. Like, yeah, this like transitions into highlights because that's a big highlight for me. I love that song so much um, because what you're describing is like also the feeling of being a minority of some like because you're wrestling with all this stuff all the time. You're wrestling with your like authentic authenticity versus obligation to family or like your, you know, uh, being versus doing ontological ontological versus ethical the collective versus the individual like western versus eastern values and like what mulan in like the duality of like mulan wanting to look in the mirror and be proud of herself but also mulan loves her family she loves her dad and she like um she like uh that's the thing like that's um which is why like the there's like so many trans and queer readings of this song too is because like the, um, the line, like now that now I see that if I were truly to be myself, I would break my family's hearts. Like the feeling that the only way to earn acceptance or love is to be this idea of what this, your parent or this authority figure wants for you. But at the same time, if you're living for other people, you're done. <laughs> like you're kind of yeah. like, you're kind of done. And like, mm-hmm. it's like, um, but it's in reality, it's more so that she's like down on herself because she can't play this part. But in reality, that's not what she's supposed to do. She's not supposed to be the wife, like, character like she's like supposed to be ping and save china like you are filling yourself in a role that you're, you're not supposed to do and you're getting down on yourself for not fitting into that role so it's great so. um does anyone have any feelings about uh leah salonga versus christina aguilera no. the two versions <laughs> oh, it's a real coin toss like between the two it's like a razor's edge difference well, I think, I mean, this might not come as a surprise to anyone, uh, but I love Christina Aguilera. And so that uh, her version, really big deal to me. Uh, you know, I I just, I love it a lot. I love them both. They do different things. You know, Leah Salonga has like a beautiful Broadway voice. Um, it's perfect for like the character and for the story. But then mm. the Christina Aguilera version is perfect for hearing on Radio Disney, you know? <laughs> uh michael what's a what's a highlight what's another highlight for you like uh, it could be a song or it could just be an element of the movie that you really appreciated i don't i do think like i I was just saying like i think the moment where like it transitions from like a girl worth fighting for to like seeing this like genocide is like really powerful for something like this movie like i think that's like kind of was not something that was like done in a lot of children's movies at the time to like deal with like this tragedy and like letting it like sit in it like yeah. sitting in that too like because because there's no the, more songs after that point yeah yeah there's actually like only like four songs total in the movie which like i was really surprised yeah. about yeah i love that like in, t- in terms of talking about a girl we're fighting for and mm-hmm. leading into that moment yeah i think it's so like i like that it shows the arbitrary expectations that men are given yeah. to quote-unquote attract women mm-hmm. and stuff yeah like none of them really know what they want at all they're just like it's. There's the idea of women, and they like they want women, and that's like kind of all it is. Wish that I had a girl worth fighting yeah. for. Yeah. Not so. It's not like 
it's like so like patriarchy sells them this bill of goods that if they give up their lives for this collective, there'll be a reward. But I love the to- the slap in the face of this, like the yeah. They actually like yeah. It is like interesting that we don't really know what they're actually fighting for. We don't want the Huns stand for. It's like really inter- yeah. It's a really like interesting like a political war. But like they've got their idea of like what this war is supposed to be, mm-hmm. and it's just patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, and like the idea that like um, that the people killed in that like in that village were maybe worth. Singing, singing a version of that song too like yeah. because and they were just like you know it's it's really great uh stanley what's a highlight for you uh i mean i think we kind of touched on on most of the highlights i think the the animation was really good in this oh, yeah. you know when you think of like 1998 and 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 where we're at now obviously it's a, a bit different but but it felt like it held up and i never i never like like it felt really real to me watching it you know, although it is an animated feature, I, I didn't watch it thinking, oh, I'm, I'm watching cartoons in the way that I used to watch like Saturday morning cartoons. Like that's my I guess this is my old guy reference. Like, like, like I'm an older fellow. And so you no, know, growing up, we watch these cartoons that were very kind of two dimensional, you know, meant mm-hmm. to be like like your the toys that you played with. And these didn't feel like toys that I was playing with. These felt like real characters that had real stories and and you were investing in the outcome of those stories and so i think that that the animation re- really stood out um and and maybe you want to dive deeper into the world so um that was a huge highlight for me the yeah, going off of that like the aesthetic of the movie is like so cool because i think they're really like dropping off of like old like ancient like chinese like watercolor paintings yeah and it looks very different from like any other like disney movie around that time uh what about you harper what's a highlight for you yeah, I know I talked about how important this was to me as a as a girl, as a woman, but uh, I'll Make a Man Out of You is my favorite <laughs> song from this. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It just, I, it makes, it's a song that makes me really want to sing along with the movie, you know, so I, I love it a lot. And definitely like, you know, in elementary school, like we had a, in my, my after school program, we had like a CD book, you know, where you'd have them in the, in the slots. Oh, yes, I remember those. Yeah. And so there weren't that many, but Mulan was one of them. And we definitely always just like scream, sing along with that <laughs> song. And it was it, so good. Um, yeah. So I, I will always have a fondness for that. And that whole sequence too is so good where they're like really bad at everything. And then, you know, and this kind of goes back to the idea of themes. One that I think you see in a lot of Disney stuff is like, kind of like finding your place, like a found family, find your tribe, that kind of thing where like they are not the best of the best, but because, and, and individually they probably wouldn't become the best of the best, but because they found each other and they're working together, they become this team. Um, and so watching them progress and then just like the way it looks like that, um, where they're practicing with the sticks and it has the red background, you know, the visuals of that. And then where they're, you know, hopping on the poles over the water and, uh, shooting the apples, the arrows. I just, I love all of that. It's such a perfect, perfect scene. First of all, it's super economical. Like the, it, it's good storytelling and mm-hmm. that it gets a, like, gets us from point A to point B and we don't. We're not like thinking they're getting us from point A to point B. Like they're like, oh, this is so fun. This song's great. Yeah. Like, oh, this and this the colors are so vibrant. And like, um, and then you also get like character development in terms of like everyone liking Ping now. Like mm-hmm. everyone like just it's just like so effective. And, I also uh, just like yeah. love a good like training montage. Like I feel like a lot of action <sighs> movies now, like everyone just like good at things immediately, but like 
like <laughs> Mulan has to like get better and they all have to get better and it's like cool to see that progress and by the end like she's like a badass yeah Harper what you just said made me think of and I'm thinking of all these movies I, I love but uh, remember the Titans Zoolander 2 sure. so, yeah. no not Zoolander 2 <laughs> Do ne- never watch Zoolander 2 um, <laughs> but remember the Titans when they say you know like individuals were not perfect but as a team were perfect and and oh. remember Titans came after Mulan so I think Disney again kind of double dip, right? They utilize this theme that was present in this movie and say, well, let's make a football movie and also have that type of inspiration. So thanks, Harper. Now I'm going to watch Remember the Titans and think of Mulan and feel better for it. So I appreciate that. Like, that's kind of like the opposite of the society that's created that's like patriarchal is actually very negative and stuff like that. But like in the small collective of this team Mm -hmm. it is perfect it is like positive and like they're bonding and like there's like this like shared humanity which like i think a lot of like american action movies especially like a very individualistic it's like nice to have like that collective in a movie like this oh can i preempt something that i think someone is going to call low light but i personally love is um true to your heart by stevie wonder 98 degrees oh yeah i I don't hate it i don't hate it I just I I've that's because I've been listening to the soundtrack this week and that's the one I've had stuck in my head. It's so catchy. I mean, Stevie Wonder killing it as always. But then 98 Degrees coming in with that like real 90s pop boy band energy. I I wore my Instinct shirt today because that was the <laughs> thing I had. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I really enjoy that song. And doesn't like I don't. I didn't look up like who wrote it and like why it happened in this movie, but I'm really glad that it did. Michael, what's a low light? Um, I mean, I think it's like very clear. Like there is like a Western perspective. I do like Mushu. He's also like named after like a Chinese takeout uh, menu item. <laughs> uh, but I still like, I like the character. Uh, how do you, how do you all feel about Eddie Murphy? I, the, 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 the only pro I think I actually think he's great in the movie. Like he, I think Donkey's a little better mm-hmm. as like a character. Like this a feels like more a warm up for Donkey. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like. Yeah. Exactly. And do you know who was originally cast as a uh, uh, Mushu? I just found this out like yesterday, and it like blew my yeah, mind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe Pesci. What? <laughs> That's different. That is so <laughs> different. different. Yeah. yeah. I guess when was Home Alone? He could have been just doing children's movies around that time, and they yeah. were like, "Oh, we love oh. Joe Pesci as sure, the, you know." Mushu's all like he has some great bits like the bit where like uh, he's like the he's pretending to be the officer like that he made out of like hay and stuff like that and the crickets the mouth is really funny and I like that I thought he's a psychic that has a psychic I think that's really cool (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I like that like the panda walks up the tree (laughs) like so the disguise is so bad it's like like, really really funny just for the the whole Eddie Murphy Mushu thing like I I for for me watching it now after having seen Shrek you know a few times it's like i automatically thought of Eddie Murphy playing donkey playing Mushu. <laughs> <laughs> you know so it was just it was there's too much and so it was like and every time like it was like oh yeah it's Eddie Murphy you know Shrek. those were the only mm-hmm. moments that took me away or out of the actual story because it's oh yeah cuz it's right. so distinctly Eddie you know and so so i kind of wish it was Joe Pesci uh, to see how, <laughs> no, sure, yeah, no, no, no chance. A, yeah. But you know, but you know, like that—that that was maybe like not a low light, but a 
a distracting light, a strobe light. It was a strobe light. It feels like they're trying to do like they're trying to recreate like the Robin Williams magic from like Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And like Eddie Murphy, like if you're gonna go for somebody like that, like that's a good like equivalent. I also think like the character function of Mushu is like I wish there was a scene where like Mushu was like um instead of going like yeah we're all fit we all suck <laughs> kind of like in the in the like the heart to heart moment mushu was like more encouraging and like wait wait a second you saved everybody yeah. you yeah. did like why why are you like you know why are you down on yourself and stuff like that there yeah. actually is a like there's a there's a cut like mushu song actually where he like teaches her how to be a man which is like kind of interesting i i love eddie murphy as a singer yeah. I love yeah. Dreamgirls. Oh, yeah, Dreamgirls. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite movies. I, I think, like, just, like, we're, in terms of lowlights, my lowlights are very just, like, little things here and there. Just, like, sometimes they'll reach for the joke in, at the expense of authenticity, mm. thereby making the side character, like, uh, Mulan and, you know, Li Shang look all right, but then just, like, the characters on their tertiary are, like, mm. really characterized. Sure. And, like, they kind of, like... It, it it borders on a little like, ugh, like you're like that's really bad and then um like the score is awesome like the score mm-hmm. is amazing yeah but they're like it does really showcase like they were in china for three weeks mm-hmm. like that's what the, that's the story of sure. like the the movie is like we 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 spent three weeks in china to really immerse <laughs> ourselves like ni hao and stuff like that <laughs> like it's just, it's like, and it's just like, I like this. I could imagine like the Jerry Goldsmith just like telling the orchestra, like, more oriental, make it more sure. Chinese. Yeah. Like, it's like kind of, that's it, really. Yeah. Um, any other lowlights? I thought it was too short. I thought the movie was movie was too short. You know, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm, I'm conditioned by the the standards of today where movies are like three and a half hours long. <laughs> but but it, I think it clocked that an hour and 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So, oh wow, it's only the, oh I didn't yeah. Know that. I thought so it was short. oh I thought it was ninety. No, it, no, it's yeah, it's, it's way less. Than it's that, less. Yeah. Oh, wow. it's, so it's like so. It's like eighteen with like credits. Also, is that no, is no, that no. So then oh, with, okay. with the credits, it makes it like an oh, hour wow. and thirty. So okay, it, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's a bit longer on the actual like on Disney, yeah. but the movie itself is about an hour and eighteen minutes. So so I, I could have used more character development, you know, uh, because because I was interested in the world. And I think like we we talked about like like Mulan was more three dimensional and and there was an arc and and there was there was conflict and humor and and a lot more texture to her but it felt like everybody else was just they were who they were and no one really changed that much right like like even like 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 her dad didn't really ch- you know for for me at least watching it I didn't feel like anyone really had a a, a drastic change or at least enough room i think like at least her army like they all kind of come around on her and they're like that's their arc yeah yeah yes i mean that yeah for sure ladies um, if you have to unequivocally save china so i could have used more mulan yeah yeah, no, watching it this time, I definitely felt like more than I had in the past. Like, this is bonkers how much she has to do just to be like accepted as a human being. <laughs> you know, it was, it's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and also, like, then Shang at the end, you know, like he wants to be with her at the end, but it's like he, it's, he, at, there was a time where he was about to execute her, yes. you know? 
So, you know, that's it's it's very it's a very dramatic uh, arc that has to happen there. Yeah. For, yeah. Like I can understand like the part that's like so messed up is the fact that they turn on her. Like, not only do they turn on her so fast, but that that betrayal is so profound that they're not even like wanting to talk to her anymore yeah, it's like, like the parade they're so- having like they're celebrating the fact that she killed all the huns <laughs> <laughs> like they're not even acknowledging that <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know yeah and um yeah any history observations anything we haven't talked about that was cool yeah. Oh, the one thing I did want to say is that scene where um, Shang doesn't execute her, where he's like, you know, like my debt is paid, like a life for a life, like almost like shot for shot, the same as that scene in Moulin Rouge, where um, uh, Ewan McGregor like throws the money down. So like Shang throws the sword down, but like Ewan McGregor throws the money down at Nicole Kidman. He's like, I've paid my whore. You owe me nothing. And then he walks away. It's It's almost exactly the same. As, do, you, yeah. do you think Moulin Rouge borrowed from this movie? I I mean, must have. Yeah, they borrowed the first <laughs> word of the title. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Real, real subtle, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> it, was, it was fresh on Baz's mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, the little trivia fact: there was a um, in Moulin Rouge, there was a dragon voiced by Joe Pesci, <laughs> like that was cut from the movie. <laughs> That's <was> pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need, to, we need to see that footage. Hey, I'm walking yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just the ending also is so great. Like the mm-hmm. moment where she reunites with the, the, her father. Yeah. And so, like, because it leaves, they leave it on the note of she just like leaves, mm-hmm. like on like the sour notes yeah. of just like, you know, they, they had this argument at the dinner table and stuff. And then, so there's like a real chance that she would never come back um and then like the idea that she's like look i've come back with these tokens of like my victory and stuff and then uh he just like doesn't really that doesn't matter what matters is his daughter's back and stuff i do think feel like the shang stuff like should have been resolved like before that like i don't know like the very end of it feels like almost shoved in i feel like that should have been resolved during like the big celebration but i don't know how you feel (laughs) about that the which which Shang stuff like because he like then chums he then like comes in at the very end and like is the, gonna like have dinner with all of them which like is uh, nice but like it feels like almost anticlimactic in a way like it feels like he should have had like a full arc before that moment but I don't know yeah I think that they they were too busy with like Mulan getting you know like rewarded by the emperor in order to, you know to have that romantic moment there and that's one of the things i actually like about this movie is that like the kind of the romance is kind of incidental like as i'm you know it's not you know as much as i i like it it's not the main point and I think, like, as a girl raised on Disney, like, everyone up to that is all about, like, you know, Cinderella finding her prince, sleeping beauty, you know, being woken up by a kiss, Snow White, same deal, you know, like, all this stuff. And it, even Aladdin, which had just come before it, the woman, the, you know, it's not, the girl is not the main character. And she's really along, she's genuinely, legitimately along for the ride on the magic carpet. And it's like, you know, that's, there's nothing, there's no, like, real agency or power for any like Disney girl before Mulan, you know? Mm. And so I kind of, I, I actually kind of like that. Like, yes, they get together, but it's not the thing. It's not the climax of the That's movie. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's kind of like Eastern 
they're not, they're not going to like time to fuck or whatever. Sure. Like, yeah. like, um, but, but like, it's like the Eastern values. And it kind of reminds me of like the Jane Austen, he kind of like, mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. like the, the simmering kind of like, um, is really, I, I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's get through final thoughts and ratings. Uh, the way this works is we'll rate this, um, movie out of 10 with a fun metric at the end. So uh, who would like to go first on this one? I'll go. 10 out of 10, sad abandoned dolls with their hair flying in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I love Mulan. It's uh, all time. One of my, you know, I mean, like maybe Frozen is the only one that Mm. didn't see movies since then. That's, you know, taken it over. But it was definitely my favorite for a very long time and might still be. Yeah, I I, and I really enjoyed watching it um, and. And I think that it it's it's a, a really great attempt at, by Disney at not not being stereotypical uh, or too stereotypical with portraying other cultures, but at the same time, you know, still kind of putting their Disney kind of Disney sprinkle um, on top. Um, but it was an enjoyable movie. I wish it was a little bit longer. I, I kind of want to watch the Mulan, the live action to see how they kind of butchered it. Um, <laughs> uh, because I was actually, I was in LA, uh, the day before the premiere of hmm. the, oh. of the 2020 movie. Um, so, so, so that like, kind of be like, oh, cool. Now there's, and then you like sneezed and like, <laughs> we don't like, like yeah. go back home. Yeah. I was, I was like, I gotta get out of here before, well, before COVID happens. But, um, cause it was like really, literally the week before COVID, which is yeah, another yeah, yeah. story altogether. But, um, yeah, so I, I give this. I get this nine, nine. Mushu is better than Donkey out of ten. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. The joke I was going for was like you caused COVID. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I. What about you, Michael? What's what are your thoughts on this one? I think it's like a really cool movie. I think it's like got a really great story. I think it's got a lot on its mind. It's like kind of radical from the nineties. I'm gonna give it like ten out of ten ancestors. The first time I watched it recently, um, I did have that in my bones, just like kind of reconnection, like seeing an old friend element to watching this. At the same time, I was also very critical of it, too. I was like, oh, I don't know if Mushu's working. I don't know if like, you know, the tonal shift is like um, this movie feels very like I was feeling the length of just like it's kind of like really short and like stuff. Uh, even though I was like very impressed by it, like still moments. I, I was expecting to be a little more immersed in it. Like um, the moments that really immersed me were like the Huns coming from the mountain and all, all that stuff. Like there were, there were, there are certainly moments, but like I was looking at it from a more adult lens, but thinking about this all day, like writing these notes and stuff, I want to be more kind to it. Uh, especially coming from like and graded on a curve, especially coming from a studio that's like like uh, gave us the racist cats and sure. like Aristocats yeah. and like um, just the the Lady and the Tramp and all that stuff and like that weird dis- that Donald Duck propaganda video and stuff like that. Um, so um yeah like considering that's the history they came from that disney came from um the fact that they really tried their best to like understand 
Asian culture and like do do right by us a little bit, even though it like fell short, kind of like how Jonathan Demi like tried to like make something like queer positive after like doing a bad job with like Sounds of the Lambs. Of the Lambs. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he wanted to make Philadelphia and that mm-hmm. movie's kind of flawed, but still very positive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about this. Uh, I think it's like Mulan herself as a character rules. The the animation is lush and gorgeous and and uh, makes you want to live in it. I like the mixture. I actually like the mixture of Eastern and Western like kind of sensibilities meshed together. Like it it feels very cohesive. Um, and yeah, if I if I ever have a kid or if I ever had like or just like a young person who like, you know, I'm watching this movie with I would I would let them watch this movie, but I would like kind of like explain a few things out so they don't have like any like uh, wrong ideas and stuff like that, because it's probably not a good idea to get representation from a from a cartoon. So I'm going to give I'm going to give this um, eight out of ten. Uh <laughs> So yeah, uh, this is so great. Um, thank you so much, Michael. Uh, yeah, thanks for having lovely. me. Um, uh, anything you like to plug? Anything um, that you're excited about that you like to put out there? Uh, I'm on see. Twitter at at Sriracha Chow S R I R A C H A C H A U, or you can just look. You can just look for Mister Chow C H A U. I've got like cartoons I've on there. I think the one that I did most recently is going to be pinned at the top, so you can check that out uh, mama frisbee sick boys please check that out i'm very proud of that uh otherwise uh yeah fantastic uh so you can follow me at andrew ambrose lee on instagram uh and the show at ibmtltt on instagram and tiktok uh harper you can follow her at harping about on instagram and goodreads and letterboxd <laughs> all the places Stanley, you can follow him at Snapistan on Instagram. And uh yeah, I also um uh follow Elon. That guy's great. <laughs> like, Gosh, check him out. <laughs> like uh so yeah. Well what song would you like to play us out with? True to your heart by 98 degrees and Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. All right, All right, perfect. <laughs> All right, thanks very much, everybody. Have a good day. Bye. Click. <laughs>